0: Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Right Your Life podcast. I'm joined as always by Mike Hurley. Hello Ian Broom. Hello, how the heck are you?
1: I'm very well. How did your talk go?
0: My talk, my talky talk, um, it went, it went, it went well I think. Um, I did it this morning, this talk that you talk of, um, I presume is the one at the Children's Media Conference that uh, I did this morning.
1: Yeah, you mentioned it last week and I, want, I said that I would ask you how it went, so now I'm asking you how it went.
0: It went. Uh, it went all right. It's quite a daunting thing standing up and talking in front of a lot of people, and it was quite exciting because it was um, it was in quite a quite a big. Um, I am going to call it an auditorium, and um, even though it was probably just a sort of small to medium sized venue, and uh, but it was it was good, and it was uh, I was on. Uh, you know, the, when they have panels and they have like a tables with various microphones coming out, and people sit behind there and answer questions. Okay, you know the one
1: yeah i know exactly what you mean like yeah yeah i do
0: oh, i was on one of those
1: oh look at you
0: i know i know it was good and i was uh, we kind of had the longest uh slot so i was talking about um mission explore which is the platform that my company that i work for the workshop have built and um we were talking about that because we've been using it in a in uh in shy green which is an area of sheffield i won't do the entire presentation now but um, uh, it was good, and we had a good response uh, from uh, lots of different people, and um, it was a good experience for me. And because I was nervous beforehand, it was good. Um, it was good that I had my confidence tested. Mm. And why is it good? You tell me. Well, because we're going to be talking about confidence
1: today. Oh, look at that. Look at you thinking of your topics.
0: No messing about, it's very professional. You're a pro. I try my best. But it's um you know, something I, I don't do that. I have spoken in front of people before in that manner. Uh but not very often. I'm mean, usually reading it's u- usually reading my own sort of fiction or talking nonsense, comparing that kind of thing. But actually speaking properly, like at a proper conference. It's not something I've done an awful lot of, so it's good experience.
1: I'm I'm a very believe it or not, Ian Broom and, and listening public, I am a very nervous public speaker. A lot of people are
0: it's not it's not easy,
1: but I just you know I just find it weird. I know that obviously our listeners are not sitting in front of us, but we we you know we broadcast to more people than we could probably fit in an auditorium mm. but i get i get- I get terrified when I have to stand up in front of people
0: well, there's something about actually having someone there looking at you it's the whites of their eyes type of. Uh, problem isn't it? You can can actually gauge people's responses immediately so people could be bored stiff by what we've talked about in the first four or five minutes of this podcast and that's fair enough but I'll never know unless they email me or send me a tweet or something like that there's kind of of an invisible shield when you're recording podcasts where you kind of forget that there's a lot of people listening to it Mm. and you kind of I don't know it's like in the comfort of your own home almost but, but you know when you're in front of other people where they you can actually see them and they might come and torture you afterwards and tell you that it was rubbish and tedious and things like that then that's when you start to panic.
1: Indeed. So you're going to so how did you feel when you were when you were up on the stage?
0: I felt like a million dollars.
1: Did you really? Did you felt really good?
0: <laughs> um Oh, I it, I felt I felt all right. I mean, I, I'm this is it, it was kind of consistent how, with how I felt by when speaking in public, um, for when when I'm writing uh, sorry when I'm reading my bits from my novel, when I've done words aloud, which was the spoken word. Night I, I ran. I always got nervous, and I always get nervous. Yeah. And I kind of um, I do have a, a, an unofficial routine. I don't really think about it too much, but I, I am sort of aware that I that I'm doing it. Like I wasn't. I mean, I was well prepared, obviously, today, uh, this morning, I knew my stuff, but I didn't go overboard with the preparation, I didn't sort of go through the presentation a thousand times in order to uh, learn it off by heart, so to speak, although I did do it kind of ad-lib, I didn't have sort of notes in front of me, and I certainly didn't read from the uh, from the slides. Um, but I do kind of, I get quite nervous, I kind of, uh, half an hour beforehand, I'll kind of take myself away, I'll just say, I'm just going to go and uh, just go through a few things, Clear my head. Um, I won't lie to you, Mike. I do go to the toilet. Um, uh, I try and give it seven to eight minutes before the actual event, just in case anything terrible happens.
1: Sometimes I prefer when you do lie to me.
0: Well, yep, I know. <laughs> but sometimes the truth is a difficult thing. But in this case, it does help. Sometimes you, because it's not just the fact that I'm going to the toilet. If you excuse me, continuing to talk about yeah, this,
1: we can we can move on.
0: Well, it also clears your head as well as your pipes. You get. Room. <laughs> well, it's true, it's true, this is true, this is genuine, this is actual advice, this is not just pure filth, uh, is that as well, it gives you a chance to sort of get yourself away from everyone else, have five minutes, and, uh, and clear your head before you actually go in to do whatever you've got to do, and I'm talking about the presentation now. Mm-hmm. Good. So I felt fine, thank you. I felt absolutely fine. Because when I get started, as soon as I've kind of got through the first two minutes, try and get a laugh or something earlier on, early as possible. And um, and from then on, I kind of I tend to relax into it a bit. But it, it helps that it helps that I am sort of naturally more confident than I perhaps deserve to be in those situations. Right. Have you always been that way? Um, not, r- not really. I guess... Well, I guess this is what we what we're coming to, I suppose with, with the writing, because the, the kind of the crux of confidence and this goes for certainly for writing, I think, but it, it it can apply for the speaking in public and things like that Mm. is, um, it's that leap of faith where you're prepared to kind of be embarrassed or put yourself on the line. So I have had things go wrong before and I have kind of felt silly and, um, said the wrong thing. um, uh, loads of times. But I think once you've done that a couple of times, you realise that, it, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Um, you kind of have to get used to the idea that you might it might not go how you want it to and um, you might end up feeling slightly silly. So I've not always always been like that, I suppose. I mean, I, I don't know if we've been through this and I don't know how relevant it is, Mike, but I played football quite a lot when I was, um, well, from when I was about seven till 16 or 17. Right. And um, I played to a reasonably high standard, and because of that we used to play in front of quite large crowds. And I say quite large crowds, but quite large crowds for when it's effectively children playing. And um, and I think it got me used to kind of the pressure of it, um, maybe a, a little. And kind of being involved in sports, you kind of get things go wrong all the time, and you kind of have to you get shouted at all the time for things going wrong. So you have to get it, you just kind of get used to it, if that makes sense. Mm. So I don't know if I've always sort of been like that, but I've kind of I'm I've I've got I'm in a position where I'm happy to I'm happy to end up falling flat on my face because I kind of think you know nothing really terrible has ever happened when that's happened. Okay. So I mean the way I've kind of thought about this when I was thinking about this episode, the, the reason I the reason we're talking about confidence was because a couple of weeks ago I. We were talking about um, me uh, launching my new blog or write for your life, becoming broom.com It will happen this weekend, I'm sure of it, I'm sure of it. Um, we were talking about that and I was thinking about um, ways of making money from potentially my site, so other than my fiction and selling my novel, whether there, whether there are other ways of um, monetizing the site, whether I should even bother trying. And we talked about Kickstarter and uh, sponsorships and advertising and membership schemes, all these things. And um, and and I was I think I was talking about all these things in a relatively negative fashion, and I wasn't really aware of doing it until I listened back to the episode, and realised, um, well, I sort of recognised a slight lack of confidence in in my own voice. It kind of lots of memories came running back to me, and um, and and uh, and that's what made me want to talk about it because I, I kind of recognised some of the. Confidence issues I had uh, with writing that we all have, I think, with writing, and that I used to have with public speaking, and 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 you know still do. I mean, I know that I've just said I I I do have that kind. Of, I am happy to kind of go over the line and let myself be in that situation, but I still get nervous, and I think that's perfectly normal. Um, so that's kind of why I wanted to talk about it. And I think the crux of this is that writing essentially comes in two parts. The, there's the writing, and that takes up a very large part. And then there's the showing it to other people, and that's the bit where people tend to panic, feel potentially embarrassed, worry about what people are going to think, and, um, and it doesn't really matter what format you write in, or what, what it, or what kind of genre, or what type of writer you are. Um, that's always the other side of the coin, you can write on your own, and you can keep your writing to yourself, and you probably won't really suffer from a lack of confidence. Because you know that, I guess you're doing it for some either cathartic reason or just because you enjoy writing. And um, I'm not sure, I'm not sure that you need an awful lot of uh, confidence to do that. If that makes sense, you kind of it's just something you do, and that's fantastic. The confidence issue for me comes when you're making the leap to show it to other people.
1: Yeah, because at that point, it's like um, a, a a real good analog that I have for this, like a, a metaphor, if you will is singing. Now, everyone sings to themselves and will sing at the top of their lungs. And sometimes you might think to yourself, you might find a song like, um, I, I don't know, Hello by Lionel Richie, and you think, you know what, when I sing Hello by Lionel Richie, I think I sound brilliant. And, and you love it and you sing it to yourself in the shower. But when it, if it actually comes to having to sing Hello by Lionel Richie to a room with two people in it, the conf- your confidence gets sh- shook. Quite significantly. Well, the average person does anyway. Mm, and because shaken. At that point, sorry?
0: Yes, I said and shaken. I was being massively pedantic. I like yeah, to do that at least once I, every episode I, yep, with you. I, you know that.
1: That was why I thought I would uh, go back and make a point of it so the listeners heard how mean you were <laughs> to me. Um, if your confidence gets shaken, <laughs> Mr. Broom, um, you know, and, and then it's, it makes it a totally different. Um, you've completely lost my train of thought now because you're so pedantic, you know that it's a completely different experience at that point um, because now you are opening yourself up to be criticised, to be judged as we spoke about a little bit earlier
0: yes, I mean that's absolutely the problem isn't it, no one likes people saying mean things to them including you, on a podcast, I apologise no one likes that, it's not much fun and um, why would you put yourself through it I guess is the is the crux of the matter. Why would you uh, uh, put yourself through the potential agony of having someone tear something that you've worked on to pieces? Mm. Um, it's tough, and it's a huge it's a huge first step. I, I I know that I've been writing for a long time. I know that it's easy for me to say this, but I am still I remember it very well. I'm still very aware that it's a huge first step to show someone a piece of your own work. And you're right, it's not just writing. It could be any of the arts. It could be, you could be, I don't know, an engineer and you, your first job and you show them the first, first graph. That's what engineers do, isn't it? Mm. Um, And you could be petrified. And it is a huge step to go from just making something for yourself and giving it to someone else and, and trying to have confidence in it. But, but that is kind of what you have to do. I mean, a lack of confidence is usually a fear of rejection, I think, and of feeling silly. They're the two things because if you end up being rejected, the temptation is to um, beat yourself up about it and feel stupid and decide never to do it again. And I think a lot of writers, unfortunately, are put off by having bad feedback. In fact, we've had a. I, I, before we started recording, I went on Twitter and asked if we had any questions from. Uh, listeners, I said I was going to, we were going to be talking about confidence. And one of the questions was very much uh, what we're talking about. It's from Jean Malone, she says, uh, could you talk about how you recover from really rough feedback? And she says in brackets, if you've ever experienced it. And I can say I definitely have. Um, I think we may have talked about this on the podcast before. But I actually, uh, while I was doing my master's, and while I'd almost finished my novel, don't get me wrong, it's gone through lots of iterations. Since then, it's not really recognisable. But quite a way into writing this book. I got awful feedback. It was terrible, uh, and the most confusing thing was two people marked my work, and the other marker said it was great and gave me really good feedback and it 's really, really tough to know what to do with that and um, in my particular in that particular situation, I read it about a thousand times. The remarks were odd, they were quite personal in places, it was almost like they, ob- they objected to me personally, which is very strange and a very bad way to give feedback. Um, and a bit snarky. It was, there was lots of unnecessary comments. So I searched through it, and this is what you have to do, really. I searched through it, read through it an awful lot, mm. and tried to tried to pick out the stuff that I thought was useful and that I could use to get better. Um, and that is kind of, I guess that's kind of my point, just to go back to the idea that a lack of confidence is a fear of rejection. Unfortunately, rejection and failure in one way or another is kind of the only way that you can get any better as a writer certainly the only way you can get better with any kind of haste um because that's what makes you uh work harder or it may, it what it's what makes you uh giving someone your feedback and if it's negative or if it's critical which is a better way of putting it um then it's almost always 99 percent of the time it's um you shouldn't you shouldn't dismiss it and you should think about why have they given me that feedback. You may not agree with it at first, you may not um, end up doing anything about that particular bit of feedback, but after you've got over the knock of confidence, which is what will happen, you will lose confidence if that ha- that happens, it's natural, but the first thing you should do instead of give up is think, right, which bits of this feedback that have knocked my confidence, which bits can I use to improve the way I write, or to improve what it is that I'm working on? And um and it's a hard thing to do, but that is absolutely the right thing to do. And it is kind of the only way you will continue to improve and get better. And that that's not for like the beginner writer. That's for absolutely anyone at any level, at any sort of stage of their writing journey.
1: I think it's, when it comes to things like feedback, um, it's important to... It's important to take like to take some time after receiving it, um, and 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 reflect on it, because it can be really easy to to just feel down in the dumps because you've just received some poor feedback, right? So yeah. it's 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 really important to make sure that you can, you know, calm down from however it is that you potentially are feeling, um, which can be rough. Um, I in my Job and also in my work for the network and stuff like that and what we do here, I get quite a lot of feedback um, a lot of the time. And um, sometimes you have to to take the personal aspect out of it and and remember that somebody's not necessarily trying to upset you. Um, And then once you can think about it in those sort of terms, it becomes a bit better to, to, to deal with and you can then try and take something more constructive out of it.
0: Uh, abs- absolutely. And uh, as you say, it, it's important for writing and writers, but it's it, it goes for most disciplines really. And, and you're right, most people don't want to hurt your feelings. They might have to in order to get their point across. But that's all about choosing the right people to give you feedback. I was very fortunate. I was on the MA program at, at Hallam, as I think a lot of people who listen know. So the people that were giving me advice were widely published authors, some with, you know, award-winning authors. And um, if they said to me, I think this particular paragraph needs cutting completely, then I would, and, and even if it was something that I thought was, I loved, I, would, I wouldn't I would for a second think, um, stuff you, I'm keeping it in. I would uh, I would almost always get rid of it. And if I didn't agree with it and I say, well, I'm not sure about that, then you're right, I would. I would leave it and I would think about it and, um, and then come back to it. But they were almost always, almost always right. Because you can't see your work the way that other people see it. It's impossible. I mean, Aes for Angelica, my novel, it's coming out 1st of September in paperback, 1st of August in ebook, available everywhere. That's coming out soon. And, you know, I'm kind of petrified about it. It's, and I think most authors are when their book's about to be published or people are about to read it. Because whilst in order to get this far... You know you would think that i 'd be able to write a bit, and you would think that the novel was you know reasonably good, but that doesn 't mean that that doesn 't mean that everyone 's going to love it in fact, almost certainly, there are going to be a percentage of people that read the novel and think it 's not not very good, and that 's just something I have to get my head around and i 've been trying to get my head around it because it 's just an, an inevitability you can 't you can 't please everyone no. uh, writing and uh, and reading I guess. They are subjective, and um, and um, I know. I know that again. I know that that's all right for me to say because I've got a published book coming out. So you know, um, it's kind of a nice problem to have. It's a nice thing to have to worry about. But it's kind of the same problem. It's still it's still that very simple thing of the of of I've done the writing, and now a lot of people are hopefully going to see it and read it. It's what I want to happen. It's why I do it. It's why I've it's why I pursued this kind of path but it doesn't change the simple second part of that kind of writing pie, which is that um, I'm sharing it to people, and it's nerve-wracking. And, um, and I hope people like it. I really hope people like it. But if I do get terrible feedback, then um, I'll have to write a better second novel.
1: Now, we have something else that we want to talk about today, right? And uh, we're going to talk about that shortly, but I'd be correct in thinking that
0: that's true I we will just mention uh yeah we'll talk about uh, something else is very exciting that'll keep people need to say that otherwise people might switch off i have got three top tips for keeping your confidence as well we can save that till later, for later as well if you want
1: oh yeah well we can i tell you what let's let's talk about our first sponsor we'll do your top tips then we will talk about your um exciting exciting thing let's so, do it our first sponsor this week is Zoomph. Now, that's Z-O-O-M-P-F. Zoom makes software solutions for creators of websites to find and fix performance issues that may be impacting the speed of their site and how fast it loads and performs. Faster websites have better, more engaged users. They have higher Google rankings and an overall improved user experience. This is because, you know, when we're all surfing the web, we want it to be snappy, responsive, um, and we want the experience to be comfortable for us you know so we're not waiting and waiting for each page to load all the images to load that's the sort of stuff that keeps us coming back to a website as users so as a uh, website host or as you know as, a, as an owner of a site or property online it should be important to us all to make sure it loads as fast as possible what zoom do is they check your website against 400 performance best practices and they find things like issues with your server Um, which could include compression problems, caching, or HTTP connection faults, Um, design issues like overly bloated images um, that are not necessary, or unused styles that could be hidden away in the theme that you've got. Um, And look at many more um, other types. As I say, they've got over 400 performance best practices. Um, So look at stuff like um, browser-specific problems. So let's say you've got something in Firefox that is preventing something from loading quickly. Well, they can tell you about that. For each of the problems that Zoom highlight, they will tell you exactly what it is, why it's important to you, and they clearly detail what you'll need to do to resolve it with a step-by-step guide you can go to zoomf.com forward slash free. That's Z-O-O-M-P-F dot com forward slash free, F-R-E-E. And you can get a performance analysis there for free, of course. Um, so, they, you know, you'll be able to put, plug your site in and it tells you how long it takes to load. And then it actually shows you all of the things that it's found against its best practices. And um, it highlights all of the problems that could be slowing your site down. So if you've looked at this and think, oh my, I better better get this fixed. I want to I find out what Zoomf can help me with. You can sign up um, at zoomf.com forward slash 70 decibels. There'll be a link in the show notes for that. And you'll get 20% off the lifetime of your account with Zoom if you um, sign up that way. So thank you very much to Zoom for sponsoring. You should run it on ianbroom.com.
0: I probably should. I'm a bit scared about what's going to happen when I launch this site finally. It's, um, it's responsive. Pa-pow, pa-pow, pa-pow.
1: Nice. And does it make that noise?
0: Nope, I make that noise when I when I tweak the browser size because I see it changing stuff.
1: <laughs> I really want to see this website. You're hiding it. He's hiding it from me as well. You know.
0: I'm sorry. I've written that. some. I've written some stuff. I'm going to record some things. I, it's going to be really good. i can't wait to start blogging properly again. Um, I'm, uh, I'm very excited about it, and hopefully this weekend. It's just been. It's just been a crazy few months in the life of me.
1: The life of Broom. Right, so. Um, free performance top tips uh, confidence not performance we we're talking about performance a second oh, what ago what kind of podcast do you think this is i know pedantic one um, confidence top tips Broom what are they?
0: okay well number 1 is um is very straightforward and it sounds too straightforward almost it's just be positive about your work now that sounds ridiculous doesn't it because otherwise if you weren't positive about your it's kind of it kind of it's kind of the problem um, people can't be positive about their work if they are not feeling very confident but i'm talking about um, I'm talking about how you talk about your work i don't know if you've noticed i mean i'm i i i have i'm a I'm a mixture between um someone who is confident and is happy to talk about my work talk about you know talk confident co- excuse me talk confidently about it on a podcast for instance. But at the self, same time, I'm quite self-deprecating. I don't mind laughing at myself and making, making fun of myself. And that's all fine. I think they're both healthy things to kind of do. But if you do too much of the second one, um, and you're constantly kind of naysaying your own work, which is very easy to do. You know, if you show someone you can say, oh, it's probably not very good. Oh, you're probably not going to like it. Oh, it's not really your sort of thing, but, you know, read it anyway. Then if you kind of do that too much, then that just becomes how you feel about your work. And... Um, and and I think that's unhealthy, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of okay to be a um it's okay to, um, don't be arrogant, don't be, don't go around saying that this is brilliant, like a lot of people do on the internet, like you've got to, you've got to read this, or you've got to watch this, or, you know, come to my website, it's fantastic. I mean... That's that, that's too much I find, I, I kind of get turned off by people who don't appear to have any flaws or problems whatsoever. So it's fine to be kind of realistic and talk about things in a truthful kind of way. But don't spend the entire time telling people how rubbish your writing is or how rubbish you are because it's probably not true. And eventually if you do that, well first of all they'll think that that's the case. And they'll see the, they'll see kind of the lack of confidence in you and a lot of the time it's just a case of trying to appear confident can help. Um, so talk positively about your work that's my first kind of tip hmm. um, the second one these are all I've just realised I've, I've called them top tips they're probably just tips really because they're not really that top they're kind of just common sense
1: free common but, uh, sense middle of the road tips
0: <laughs> yes um, sometimes you just have to do stuff that's my second one nice I mean what, I, what I'm trying to say is you can mess about for ages and, um, and you can worry about everything that you write or do, whatever it is creatively. And, um, and you'll kind of get nowhere in the end because you'll only ever show yourself. And that's fine if that's what you want to do, but I don't think most people want to keep their rights into themselves. I think they do really want to show other people and people to go, oh, wow, that was fantastic. Um, so if you kind of mess around for ages and don't actually do stuff or, or kind of tread over that line, then um, if you don't let go of your work at some point, then you'll never that, that confidence will never improve, if that makes sense. Mm. If you don't feel confident about something, then you won't suddenly feel more confident by doing nothing. Mm. So if that if that's explains it slightly better. Yeah. You have to do that. You have to show someone. You have to whatever it is that you don't feel confident about, you have to kind of overcome it. And the only way to do that is to actually do something. It could be anything.
1: Practice makes perfect.
0: Practice makes perfect and 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 I guess this could, comes on to the third one. Practice makes perfect, and what's the worst thing that can happen, which is kind of what I mentioned earlier on. In fact, it is what I mentioned earlier on. Yeah. Um, you know, what's the big deal, really? And again, yeah, easy for someone else to say. When you're in that position and you don't feel confident, it is quite tough. But you really have to kind of think about things in life generally, and and uh, if showing your work to your, I don't know, your, your writing group, if showing your latest short story to them, which you're not very confident about, um... What really is the worst that can happen? Maybe one of them will throw a pencil at you because you've upset them so much it was that awful. That's fine. You you throw the pencil back and find a different writing group. It's not the end of the world. And I think that goes for most things. I mean, how did you feel when you launched seventy decibels, Mike? Did you you know you you, you stepped over that line, you did stuff. Did you have that kind of feeling like, oh, you know, what's the worst that can happen?
1: Um yes, but I was also terrified. Um, Because it was it's a big big operation, but by that point, well, I mean, like, look at today. We launched a new show today, right?
0: What's it called? Tell us about it. It's called
1: Bionic. It's um, it's about Android. So you know, if you enjoyed our discussion last week on the Nexus Seven, then you may enjoy uh, Bionic. Um, And these, you know, it is still a an exciting and uh, nerve wracking experience, I guess, but it is different for me these days because this is like the 13th or 14th show that I've launched um, or I've had a hand in launching. So now it, it is a bit like, well, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not fretting about how many people are going to download it today um, because I figure, you know, it will pick up steam. You know, and, and so there, as, as I've become more practiced and, in stuff like this, I am much more confident and comfortable with it. I'm confident that it will be a success. Um, like our other shows have been successes. Um, you know, I know it doesn't have to come straight away. So I guess that is kind of... When I initially started out, it was more scary than it is now because practice. I'm used to it.
0: And it's not really practice makes perfect, really. It's kind of a silly saying. that It's more practice just makes better and uh, makes you feel more confident and you learn from the experience of practicing. I mean, this is this could apply to anything. I mean... This is not rocket science, is it? But no. um, but it really does apply to writing and, and, and getting over the confidence problems. It's because if you've been rejected once, then it doesn't, does, unless you're, the only thing that happens is rejection, unless that's the case. Um, the second rejection, the blow is slightly softer, and then the third one, slightly softer than that. The fourth one, you think, is there something wrong with this? <laughs> <laughs> the fifth one, you think, oh, I better do some work on this. The sixth one, you think, right, now what, what are they trying to yeah, and making it work better, and you get used to it, and use it, use the use the feedback, use the criticism, use the problem, um, in a kind of constructive way.
1: Before we talk, before we, I mean, I think we're building this up as maybe. Well, it is extremely exciting, so I'm not building up for anything. I'm going to do our second sponsor, Broom, if that's okay with you. Yeah, yeah. Before we, fin- before we finish off of our final topic this week. Um, and that is, of course, the lovely people at Squarespace, who give you everything you need to create an amazing website. I want to tell you a little bit about Squarespace. Um, I want to recap on some of the things we've been talking about over the last uh, couple of months because they've come back again for July for us. So thank you to Squarespace for doing that and supporting the network. Um, if you want to create a website or a blog, there really is no better place. Squarespace gives you absolutely everything you need in one package. They have powerful tools to help you create your site and its layout using their simple-to-master WYSIWYG design editor. Or if you prefer, the ability to control the CSS manually with their powerful inbuilt built um, web-based editor too. They have the entire Google Fonts library and they have integrated that and put it right at your fingertips. You don't need to worry about inserting code of any kind. They're built right into Squarespace's design system and their beautiful template tools. They provide you with rock solid hosting, so you never have to worry about your site being down, as well as excellent analytics so you can easily understand the traffic your site receives. If you have a blog elsewhere, they have a really good blog import tool to help you make your transition simple and pain-free. They have an iOS app that allows you to access your stats and your and so you can post on the go. They can also give you, with every annual plan purchase, a free custom domain name. So if you have a .com name that you want and you want to sign up for Squarespace, well, they'll give you that and integrate it right out of the box. I really do love Squarespace. I've been using it for many years, and I think that you'll enjoy it too. You can have a you can take advantage of a two-week free trial offer that they're, that they're giving us by going to squarespace.com forward slash 70 decibels and what 's even better than that is if you decide to sign up I can get you ten percent off your first purchase by using the coupon code seventy decibels seven at seven zero d e c i b e l s seven at checkout Thank you so much to squarespace for their continued support
0: absolutely thank you very much
1: indeed so tell tell me what you 've got
0: well, well i have, i mean i haven 't got a lot really i mean it's um, I just thought i'd talk very very briefly about um um, and not just for promotional reasons but i i I created a trailer for A.S. for angelica, my book available first of september mm-hmm. uh, and first of August in digital format um I created a trailer for it um because people do that these days and um and I thought I would do it myself because um i don't well i, I guess um i don 't know I had this plan right i had I kind of got a rough storyboard of this trailer I was going to do, and it was going to be Potentially, um, either uh, what do you call it? What's the uh, either like a time lapse video or stop motion, something like that? Yeah. And I was going to Somerset last weekend. I did go to Somerset last weekend um, to see the in-laws, and I was going to, I was going to get my father-in-law, wonderful chap that he is. I was going to get him to to be the main character in the novel, and um, and uh, which he, I'm sure he would have agreed to. And I was going to film it. It was going to be very moody. It was going to be. Uh, I was going to put loads and loads of time and effort into it. And then of course what happened was that we did family stuff and I realized that I wasn't going to get the sort of time to do that and it was probably way too ambitious anyway. So I had a quick think about what I could do as a book trailer and in the end I just decided I would do a list of stuff from the book. So it ranges from, and when I say I would do, I mean just a a talking head of me listing the things that are in the book, ranging from secrets to pickled onions to... um, colored um,
1: colored uh, uh, toenails is it painted toenails
0: multicolored toenails, yep. bladder trouble serious illness, weddings funerals, just a list of stuff that I thought would make the book sound interesting, that's all in there learning Russian um, but I kind of thought just me doing that without any kind of editing at all would probably look a bit Boring and rubbish. So I did. I use the the cut kind of. The, I don't know what it's called, but kind of the the, the the technique where you you cut down. So there are no there are no spaces at all in in the audio. You more or less just the list is quick fire like that, going from scene to scene. The people that do this famously are the Vlog Brothers. You know about the Vlog Brothers?
1: Mm.
0: No, no. Oh. It's fine. I didn't know until a few months ago, but it very, it's huge. So it's just uh, two brothers. One of them's called John Green. The other's called Hang Green. John Green is a novelist, a young, he writes young adult fiction, and um, they have uh, just a YouTube channel, and they, they they use that kind of technique, and they're very polished. and I watched the first couple of videos, and I thought, oh, this is not for me. This is very American. You know, I was British, you can get kind of all snooty for no reason. I thought that. And then I watched another couple, and I thought, actually, these are quite good and really well done. And um, and it gets their personality across in black brilliantly. Um, and it's a relatively easy technique to do. It did take me a little while. But basically, it was all homemade. I, I, I filmed it on an iPhone, and I used iMovie, which comes with the computer, comes with my Mac. And um, so the software was all free. And I spent three or four hours doing that over the weekend and put it live and have had a reasonably good response from it. I really Um, enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank you. Because
1: It highlighted to me all of the craziness that's in the book. Like it did a real great job of being like, you have no idea um, what you're about to expect because the the, the pure range of things was, was quite astounding.
0: I mean, of course uh, the (laughs) serious illness for instance is a huge theme in the book religion is a medium theme in the book um toenails is mentioned once and learning russian is mentioned a couple of times so it kind of but that doesn't matter because it makes the whole book hopefully sound interesting because when it when they appear in a list you think what on earth is this book about
1: they make up part of the canvas of the overall story indeed spoken like a true fake writer (laughs)
0: <laughs> but I thought it was worth mentioning because book, people's, it's a bit like starting a blog, you've got to have a blog. Oh, if you're a writer, you've got to have a blog. It's the same when you get your novel published these days, it's like we've got to have a book trailer. And I kind of wanted to mention this because you don't have to spend a fortune, you don't have to have a publisher who spends a fortune on it. Um, I did it in, completely free off my own, own back um, over the course of four or five hours with basically a mobile phone and the software that you get with a computer. And that was it, really. So that video went on the new website, ianbroom.com, slash Ais for There's a page for it. That video will be there. And it'll give people a, an overview of what the book's about, hopefully.
1: Indeed. It'll be in the show notes, of course.
0: <laughs> yep. And that's it. I'm done.
1: Excellent. Well, we've kept to time. So, Mr. Broom, where can people find you online if they would like to do so?
0: I'm afraid it's still writeforyourlife.net, but you can also go to... Um, at Ian Broom on Twitter, I-A-I-N-B-R-O-O-M-E. And um, I'm, I'm sure, I'm certain of it, that by, by Monday morning, you'll be able to go to ianbroom.com and Rife Your Life will all be there instead in all its glory.
1: This network is part of the 70 Decibels podcast network. Um, go take a look at 70decibels.com, have a poke around. Um, if you listen to this show and only this show, I'm sure we'll have something else that will pique your interest. We have a very, very wide range of podcasts. We don't just talk about technology. We talk about pens, Talk about general life stuff on enough. Um do you know, you you'll, you'll find something. Just go just go have a have a look.
0: The homework is very relevant for the Right for Your Life posse. Yes,
1: yes it is. Yes it is. So go have a look. Yeah, find out exactly what we're talking about when we talk about homework enough or the pen addict. I think you might like them. So um I'm also on Twitter. I'm IMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of the Right for Your Life podcast you have any feedback as always feel free to contact us by those channels until next time bye-bye bye-bye